Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hey, DB peeps. It's episode 66, So Long Summer. We've only got a few weeks left of summer, according to some. And so we thought that what better time to grab your rosé and kiss the summer goodbye. That sounds so depressing. It does, because (laughs) I feel like September is kind of summer too. I associate September with fall. But anyway, we can get into that. But Sarah, we have a bottle, a 2017 bottle of summer water from Wink Wines. Yeah. Um, This is another one of their specific proprietary blends, proprietary wines. Right. And it's a it's a rosé primarily composed of Grenache, 85%, and then 15% Syrah. So two really yummy grapes by themselves. And combined, it's just like combining the powers. Correct. Open. Yes. It's 12.5% ABV. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe that this is from their bottle. It says, summer is a state of mind. Yep, so that's... who the fuck cares what the actual calendar says? That is what is on... The bottle. It is a very beautiful color. It is. I will start salmon. off saying it's like a salmon with like it kind of has like an orange ish. It's a little more orangey. Tint? Sure. Yeah. Well, cheers, cheers. to summers. It's delightful. It's delightful. <laughs> it's delightful in the glass. I'd say it's not like an overly fragrant wine. I wouldn't say there's like a ton on the nose. It almost has that diesel smell you get with Riesling. Like, oh, I can see it, yeah. And then you smell the fruit. It's like if you're smelling the rind of a fruit, I feel. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like a very large bouquet necessarily. But, and you had this chilled in the fridge, right? I did. And most rosé should be chilled. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, <clears throat> this is light bodied and dry. Um, I guess the winemaking is eco friendly and vegan. They didn't really go much into what that entails but well but vegan means that they don't use any of the weird stuff to yeah. find it <clears throat> or weird or normal i guess it's normal yes um you can get this for 19.99 on wink.com however it is currently sold out so you cannot get it yep and then they <laughs> also kidding. sell it in mini bottles and then they have this summer water like society membership what does that mean it's basically like a wine club where they like send you like the the mini bottles like different different things of rosé and then there's like a mystery box so if you're really into rosé that's a good one for the and they it's for the summer i think oh that sounds very intriguing that actually sounds like a really good gift too for people that would be a really good gift i think it'd be cool yeah um this is 12.5 percent abv so that i would think that's pretty standard for rosé it is not sweet which i can attribute i don't think this is sweet it's got some high acidity though yep yeah um they say that these grapes are from the Central Coast. So it's like we said, Grenache and Syrah. They are picked early in the season. And then you get that natural acidi- acidity that is ideal for summer drinking. Um, to ensure as little extraction from the skins as possible, they use a direct press method. So this helps retain the fruit aroma and the pale color that rosé is known for. And then you get that light, crisp, and dry. Um, their tasting notes are that of strawberry, pink grapefruit, um, peach, and orange blossom. So. Orange blossom. Okay. Yeah. It is perfectly crisp, lighthearted, and destined 
for a good time, pairing beautifully with sun-soaked poolsides. And best served chilled with the ones you'd love. Sounds very summery to me. It does sound really summery. I like that too. Um, You said direct press. I didn't really know what that meant. So I decided to look that up. Okay. Ready? What did you find out? Okay, so there are a couple different ways to make rosé wine. Actually, there are more than two ways to make rosé wine. There's skin maceration. And so in red wine, when you make wine, you crush the grapes and you just let the juices like sit with the skins for a while. And that's where they get that red color is from the skins. Right. And most most wine grapes, not all, most wine grapes have like a light-colored flesh, which is why that skin maceration is so important. Mm-hmm. So there are a few grapes that actually have like a purple flesh, which is so bizarre. And off the top of my head, I cannot remember which grapes those are, but there are some that are is very Is one of them? I can't remember. So one of the ways to make rosé is to have a shorter contact time with those skins. And so that can be up to 12 hours. That's the limited skin contact time. Okay. Reds go beyond that. Um, I think maybe up to, I want to say up to a week is standard, but usually around like a three to four day mark, I believe, for actual red wines. Because they don't want to pull too many tannins, right? Right. They want to have that balance. Different, although I guess similar to limited skin maceration or a limited time, direct pressing involves allowing the grape juice to have contact with the skins for an extremely short period of time. But rather than soaking, what you do is actually have a press and you press the juice out. Oh, okay. okay. So the skins can then be you know gathered and then immediately removed. So it's very, very light. And that's where you're going to get a somewhat lighter colored rosé as opposed to the skin maceration where it's just like soaking together mm-hmm. for a while and just having a nice little bath. That, I think, is where you're going to get more pigment extracted from it. And so you're going to get more of those like darker pinks, yeah. hibiscus flowers, what like I always think of the color. So, Yeah. I'm enjoying this. I haven't had a rosé in a long time. It's even been, it's been a, summer. It's been a good... You went on a little frosé kind of I did out. actually do. I did a frosé tour there in Milwaukee. Is. And we went to four different places for frosé specifically, although caveat being that there is one that actually was using cider, like a rosé cider. Oh. Yep. But it was a cidery, right, that you went to? Like a cider yeah. place? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Delicious. So good. So, oh my god, froze is like the new fad. I feel definitely, especially for summer. I actually have a I have a kit to make froze. Oh my god, we and should do you, it. It would surprise you to know that it was not actually my suggestion to buy this. It was Sean's. He was like, Jamie, I think that you, I think that you should get this. Maybe we need to experiment. Yeah, I think we do. Okay, it's yes. gonna be like um, a school project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Science project <laughs> for DVP. We won't be making any exploding wines, but well, hopefully not anyway. Hopefully not. So Wink Wine says that they use the direct method, the direct press method, which retains the delicate fruit aromas and pale color rosé is known for. I mean, I think that this is really good. Rosé is supposed to pair really well with a lot of different things. Like when you want to pair with like the light summer stuff, like salads and, you know, fish, you know, light sauces, not heavy sauces, things like that. Or even the barbecue? Yeah, it's got that acidity to it, so I could see that. Yeah. But, um... I'm not a massive barbecue fan. No, I'm not so. either. I'm not either. But, you know, picnics, you know? 
This is true. I think all. I think most summer activities, rosé is gonna be a good pairing with. Now, I'm very picky about rosé. I, I mean, this one's pleasant, delightful, delightful, if you it will, is delightful, if you will, delightful, just like summer, just like. So, okay, all right, let's get to this. Yeah. When, when is summer? Okay, so the first day of summer this year is June 21st. Okay. And then last day is September 23rd. And it's it's pretty much plus or minus one day every year. Okay. Same. Okay. However, I think we've all noticed that sometimes like summer ends and it's already cool out or summer starts and it's not warm enough yet. Or it's been warm already for a big period of time. You but know? I, I always attribute summer to being like aligned with school sessions, right? So it's like, you know, school's out for summer, right? And so it's True. like... You get out end of May, first or second week of June, and then by the time you go back, summer, that people say that's the end of summer. But according to what you just said, that's not the case. Or people but say why? like Memorial Day is the start of summer and Labor Day is like the end of summer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's another, you know, way. There's actually two ways to define. There's astronomical and meteorolo- meteorological. Okay. So the astronomical is based on the changing position of the Earth in relation to the sun and the resulting solar events of the equinoxes and the solstice. Oh. So the, sol- the summer solstice is the longest day of the year. Right. Oh, so, okay. All right. I see. So in the Northern Hemisphere, spring ends and summer starts at that moment in the June solstice, which occurs every year between June 20th and the 22nd. And then summer ends and autumn starts at the moment of the September equinox, which occurs every year, September 21st, 23rd. And then it's different in the summer, southern hemisphere because they're flip-flopped. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I studied abroad and I flew out like the first week of February and uh-huh. it was summer. It was like the dead of summer. It was so hot. I, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, but then I was leaving in June and it flurried. It was oh. the weirdest thing. And then, of course, I was, like, coming home to Chicago with summer again. It was kind of nice, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I would be okay with that. Yeah. So equinox is, is pretty much when the day and night are the equal length. Okay, that makes it easier to, oh, that, really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. And that's when we start to get those shorter, shorter days where it's, it's like, worst. barely eight hours of sunlight. And, it's the wor- you know, That's, like, one of the worst parts of winter. I agree. So, if I had a fireplace, I probably wouldn't be so pissy about it. You but. can come over. Okay. Hang out on our fireplace. You can stoke, Adam can stoke the fire for us. Yeah. Or, we can make yeah. s'mores. We can pretend it's summer. Oh. And, make and drink rosé. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. Crank the heat Deal. up. Are you in? I am yeah. actually in. Wait, I feel like we talked about this with Alan maybe about like bringing in sand and shit like in the... Oh, for sure. I'm sure <laughs> we have. I like love summer. It's my favorite season. I uh, love it. All right. Uh, so meteor, meteorological summer is yeah. based on climate conditions and then the annual temperature cycle. So so for the astronomical season, the length varies between 80, 90, 93 days, while the length of the meteorological season is fixed at 90 days um, for winter and 92 days for spring and summer. Thank God that's longer. So for, for that, the season usually starts on June 1st and ends on August 31st. So I, I'm going to go with astronomical because it means we have another month of summer. 
Uh, less than that, but you know, a few more weeks at least. Yeah, that. I mean, I guess that's true. That's the other thing is that it always throws me because the first day of winter is like well into December, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, what? Why? It's- so that would be based on the meteorological, but. So the United States uses the astronomical dates. Oh, different countries can yeah. use different. So pretty much different countries can have different conventions. Most of North America and Europe use astronomical summer. Australia and New Zealand use the meteorological summer. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Um, but in the U.S., just culturally, Memorial Day usually signifies the start of summer and Labor Day signifies the end. Now, yeah, I refuse to think that Labor Day is the end of summer. So I am going to <laughs> hold no, on. Thank you. So because it's not over yet, let's talk a little bit about summer. Let's do it. So there are uh, so many things that you can do in summer, especially depending on where you are geographically and what you can do. You can drink wine. Monetarily. <laughs> you, what? Yes, Sarah. Yes. You can drink wine in summer. You can drink whatever the hell you want in summer. It's not just white. It's not just rosé. You can drink red. You can drink brandy. You can drink cognac. You can drink whatever. And I have some suggestions for summer wines for later. Oh, for later. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about like other activities. Because of course, number one for us would be drinking wine. But there are, you know, the top five most popular summer vacation, vacation activities in the U.S., are one, shopping at a whopping 54%. But I feel like you can go shopping any time of the year. That's what I was thinking too. But if you consider that it's specifically summer vacation activities, I attribute that to going to a place that maybe has unique shops or that you're trying to get souvenirs and you like doing that sort of thing. I don't know. Uh, So from that perspective, I'd say, cool. Uh, If you're just going to the mall, that's dumb. You can get that shit anytime. Yep. Don't waste your summer. Agree. All right. Number two is visiting historical sites. That's 49%. Um, And by the way, these are not going to add up to 100. It's just, it was a multiple choice. You can check all that apply sort of a deal. So visiting historical sites. Sarah, you and I have done that together. We have. When we were in Savannah. We have. Yeah. It was fun. And then number three, swimming and water sports, 49% again. So I guess that's a tie with number two. Duh. That's all I got to say there. Four is going to a park or national park. That's 46%. I'm actually surprised that's not higher. I agree. Right? That seems a little low. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, 46% to 54%, whatever. And finally, the top, the fifth highest is sightseeing tours, which is also tied for number four. So it's technically tied for four. Uh, and that's also 46%. Okay. So sightseeing tours, I mean, that would be really cool. It's definitely useful when you are in a place, I think, for a short period of time and you don't have a lot of time to do legwork to do research and, you know, figure out all the cool places to go. Sightseeing would be beneficial because then you can kind of get everything all in one little bundled package you know yeah it's it's a it's a good like one and done type of thing yeah exactly so what are what are some of your favorite things to do in the summer so i really love anything that has to do with water so i love being out on the lake i grew up in michigan with a lot of lakes both my parents live on lakes so i love being out on the boat like just being by water, it is my favorite thing. 
Um, now, if you're so lucky to have a beach, that's awesome. But like, I just, I just really enjoy being on the water. Yeah. Um, pools are fun. I have a pool in my apartment. It's lovely. I have not been out. That's that's the funny thing. I have not been out there that much, although I do think that that is one of my favorite things to do. Also, because it's just a fun ambiance being by water. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, ha- I don't, I don't have to have a beach. I'm not a huge fan of the beach, only because it's so messy. I don't like sand getting in all those uncomfortable places. You know. <laughs> I, I can understand that, but it is really nice if you have like your own cabana. Or yeah, like yeah, definitely. I also like going on walks a lot mm-hmm. in the summer. Same. Yeah, it's really, really nice. Granted, I know it can get super hot, but it is one of those cool things, especially when you go around like twilight and wear bug spray. It is really nice, nice to get home from work and go on a nice walk, maybe with a glass of wine. I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> I'm not saying that that's something that my husband and I do. Maybe we conceal the wine. I'm not sure. I don't, it's possible. I feel like that's why they started making those insulated wine cups. Yeah, I just bought one. Did Oh, did you not own one before? No, I didn't. And this Fair. one has a little cover. And I specifically bought it for those evening summer walks. How have we not had... Okay, I don't right. know. I have no idea. Maybe so, we'll need to make DBP ones at some point. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel like... That is so nice because in the winter, you just can't do that. And even if you could tolerate the cold weather, it's not going to usually be light enough for you to want to walk. Well, that's the whole thing. You're right. Because I know with work time, Mm -hmm. with work time, like playtime, I don't know. um, You tend to get home later and in the winter, it's dark. It's already dark. In the summer, it stays light till like 9 Nine. or 10 p.m. at night mm-hmm. sometimes. It feels like anyway. And so, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. It's definitely a very different vibe when you're going out bundled up in the middle yep. of winter. And you're like, I do I have my snowshoes? Because I feel like I need them. Um, I feel like I also really like, you know, going to people's houses and hanging out outside. I know you guys have had some people over for the summer. Yeah. And it's really just like fun it's nice too because and this sounds really this may sound really mean but when you have a lot of people over it tends to get real loud when you're indoors Mm -hmm. it tends to get real loud outdoors but at least you're outdoors and you don't have all the voices booming and bouncing off of everything and people aren't trying to talk over one another you have more space and kind of kind of spread out and so i really like the outdoor party vibe you know just because it makes it it's just more fucking fun yeah right no i agree it is a lot more fun it's just like, you're just outside, everyone's having a good time, you don't have to worry about it getting dark too late. Yeah, but you early. have to worry about bugs, so bug spray, people, mm-hmm. bug spray. Maybe you have a nice fire going, I really enjoy the fire pit, as long as the smoke doesn't get in my face. Oh my gosh, that's the hardest part, isn't it? It is. Yes. yes. But s'mores? Those are damn good. You have never you grow ever, out of s'mores. Have, nope. you ever, have you ever had s'mores with Reese's instead of Hershey's chocolate? No. Why? No. What? It's amazing. Like, do you use the big, like the regular size Reese's? Okay. So last time I'm salivating used thinking the about Trader that. Joe's dark chocolate peanut butter cups. Like the little guys. Yeah. How do those melt? How well do they melt though? Is it too much chocolate? It seems like they have a lot of chocolate and not enough peanut butter on them. It those. is delicious. Hmm. It's a delicious way to make a s'more. Okay. I mean, how can I have s'more if I haven't had any, Sarah, with Reese's? 
I think we have to test taste. We have to do before summer ends. Okay. Before September 23rd. I was just going to say, we have a few weeks. We're, I hope we're going to be okay with that. Okay. But yeah, yeah, that we'll sounds good. really good. Yeah. So what are some of your other favorite things about summer? Um, I really enjoy hiking. Yeah. I really, I really like going to farmer's markets. I haven't gone once. Oh my God. I go all the time. I know. It's, it's so not nice. a thing. Like I always wanted to ride my bike to the farmer's market here and just hasn't happened. I haven't ridden my bike once this year. That will change next year. I actually haven't either, which is crazy. I fireworks. I feel like Milwaukee also wants to do fireworks all the time. All the time. There's like like our big fireworks display is not actually on the fourth of July. It's on the third of July. <laughs> I think that the city of Milwaukee, like downtown, does it on the third of July because all of the municipalities in the different counties. They all do theirs on the fourth, yeah. and so they don't. They want people to be able to be at home for that. Also, Milwaukee loves fireworks in general in summer. Every summer festival, there's usually fireworks. Like almost every weekend. Like when I lived downtown, almost every weekend there was fireworks. Yeah, you probably had a really good view of everything. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I know camping is a big thing. I don't. I don't have care. any desire. <laughs> but those people who enjoy camping, I'm sure this is a great time of year for them. And you can drink your canned wine. And you can, drink you can bring that. It's nice and easy. But I really like hiking and walking, like you said. You know, that I really enjoy. Running, not but, so much. No. I remember no, when I was doing no. a lot of running races, I... No, I don't run. ...avoided anything that was in the, the dead of summer. Uh, I don't run, period, so I mean, it works out. <laughs> That's not your jam. It's not no, your jam. it's not my jam. So I really like not wearing a jacket and boots and, like, having to, like, haul all this shit with you all the time. Like, you need your coat and scarf and mittens and boots and yeah. all that stuff in the winter. In the summer, what do you need? Nothing. You need nothing. I know, but I'm, I'm, I, the only thing is, like, I found, I love those love your melon hats. Like, I yeah. have a few of them now, and I just, they're my favorite thing. So, I'm going to say there's, like, a part of me that actually does really like, because I like my coat. <laughs> I like my hat, it's but fine. I hear you. It's, it's a lot just because you of. have to. Do you want to know why I hate the winter and having to bundle up like that? Not because it's just like a lot of shit. It's just because when you go to a bar mm-hmm. or when you go out, where and do you you're put all standing, that stuff? Where do you put it? Where do you put it? And then it falls on the floor, and that's gross. I was just gonna say yeah. I draped it over like some thing underneath a table one time at a bar, and somebody, lo and behold knocks over a beer and the whole thing splashes all over my jacket and I was like that thank god it's washable like I don't welcome to winter I don't know it's so stupid you know I also enjoy that there's like more fresher produce so like that's that's true you've got like fresh tomatoes and fruit I know that you grow your own stuff do you ever go to those like pick your own like you pick farms I have but I haven't this year I really like it I was hoping that we, my sister and I, could have found something like that on our drive out to New York last week. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, we did not. Um, we didn't see anything along the way until it was too late, and we were already running behind schedule, so we couldn't really stop to do that. Now, that being said, you can do that in the fall. You can do apple picking, and yeah. that's a lot of fun. So, yeah, I just, I really love summer. It is my favorite month. I mean, season. It is my favorite season. Actually, sometimes it is a month. What'd you say? Sometimes it is a month in Wisconsin and like the Midwest. Like sometimes it oh. feels like it's only a month. Yeah, I mean it snowed in May. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so 
But it is my Please favorite Please don't season. snow in September. I also Wisconsin. like sitting on my balcony and having coffee in the morning. <gasps> yeah. Or sitting on my balcony having wine at night. Having those options yes. is very pleasurable. Delightful, delightful, would you say? I would say delightful. <laughs> okay. Pleasant. Pleasant. Those are your words. Pleasant and delightful. You're so funny. As of late. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, there are some fun facts about summer. Like Some that you would never even think of. Blow my mind, please. Okay, so I'm going to start with some of the less less mind-blowing ones. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So the first day is called the summer solstice, like we talked about. The longest day. It means sun stands still in Latin. Because the sun is higher in the sky, and that's when the rays beam on the earth more directly, causing the hotter temperatures of summer. But that is the longest day. So that's why it's called solstice. Sun stands still. Yep. Is that what solstice means? Yeah, in Latin. Interessante. We already talked about that it's winter in the southern hemisphere and the shortest day for a city south of the equator. Yep. Okay, have you ever heard the dog days of summer? Yeah, there's a song about it by Florence of the Machine. Oh, it's called I don't know that. The dog days of summer. Oh shit, no it's not. It's called the dog days are over or something. God damn it. There's a song. There is a song called Dog Days of Summer. I have we'll heard have of to it. Find it. Okay, you've heard of Dog Days but of Summer. But why is it called that? So it's named after the dog star Sirius, oh, which is like the Romans. Sirius Black. Yeah. And Harry Potter. But the Romans named it that after the god of fire. And oh. this is between the weeks between July 3rd and August 11th. Wait. Okay, all right, sorry. That's amazing. I was going to go into like some weird Harry Potter shit, but I'm going to save that. For like a Harry Potter thing? I think that we need to do a Harry Potter (laughs) thing. We'll figure out the most appropriate one. Sorry. Okay, this next one blew my mind. Watermelon is actually a vegetable? I cannot. I cannot believe that. Is is that really true? Because it's part of the cucumber squash and pumpkin family. I mean, I suppose that that makes sense, but oh my God, watermelon is a fruit. I know. It's crazy. But like a tomato is a fruit and not a vegetable. Yeah. Wait, are you sure? I'm sure. Aren't things that have seeds? Okay, so botanists would argue with the seed argument that that it comes from a seed and it has seeds, so it's, it's fruit. However... Because it's part of that family, it's considered a vegetable. Oh my god, that's ridiculous. Right. I mean, fine. But yeah, that fucking blows my mind too. So, watermelon is 92% water. I mean, hence the name, right? The average American, how much do you think they eat? I I mean, I don't know. 15 pounds! 15 pounds! That's a baby. That's the size of a baby. That's a very large-ass baby. I'm talking about a one-year-old baby. Okay. Not a like, newborn. Who's <laughs> popping out a 15-pounder? God, like, I hope damn. nobody. If you have, I apologize. Or I feel bad for you. Not I. I didn't do anything to you. <laughs> I didn't pop out of you. 15 pounds? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. So painful. Yeah. So that's it's crazy. It's a lot well, of Well, you know what, though? If it's 95, 92% water, that's pretty great. That's very healthy. Because a lot of you, I think, become dehydrated during the summer. Unless so, you have heart failure and you shouldn't be having that much oh. fluid. But yes. Thanks for bringing us down, Sarah. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> Otherwise, it can be very healthy. I mean, I just learned that watermelon's a fruit, so I'm already like 
mourning. You mean you just learned? God it's a damn vegetable. it! Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'm mourning the fact that I thought it was a fruit for my whole life. Another crazy one. I'm gonna blow your mind. Okay, I'm ready. Go. Popsicles. You like them? I love them. I love them because What's it's your summer? favorite flavor. Oh shit. Well, mm, I don't think. Don't that you say can... grape. No, I would probably Good. if I'm going with a generic, it's probably cherry. But mm-hmm. I love like these festivals that have like the gourmet. Like I had um, a salted watermelon one. Speaking of watermelon, oh. So amazing. So good. My sister also had an avocado one. Mm, not as desirable. It's a little too weird. But yeah. there's like strawberry basil. Oh my oh, god, yeah. so good. That sounds delicious. Um, but the popular summer treat was actually invented by an 11-year-old. He's smart. Yeah. It was out in San Fran, 1905. And it was total happenstance. And I'll, be, I'll call it, it was serendipitous. Because he left a glass of soda sitting outside, and by the next morning, the soda had frozen. I assume that this was not developed in the summer, but at any rate, he started selling them at an amusement park in Jersey, and in the U.S., cherry is the number one flavor. I I like cherry popsicles. I think cherry is pretty appealing to a lot of people. I like orange creamsicles. (gasps) Creamsicles are, yes, agreed. So good. More fun facts. Yeah. Um, okay, this one blew my mind as well. Also grossed me out. What? Between Memorial Day and Labor Day, Americans eat over 7 billion hot dogs. It's because of all those fucking gross hot dog eating contests. Is it? Or is it because Americans are just gross? Well, we were in central Illinois in the place that shall not be named. And I went to a celebration in August one year. (laughs) You mean, I mean... I mean, the one year that I lived there and we witnessed a hot dog eating competition and I'm pretty certain that the winner ate like 18 hot dogs. Vomit. I do, however, love a, a really good Portillo's hot dog every now and then. Not going to lie. I don't like hot dogs. I ate hot dogs for the majority of my life because I refused to eat hamburgers unless my dad made them for me. I have no idea why. It's very weird, but I like burgers now. Yeah, 7 billion Seven billion is particularly questionable, especially um, considering insane. what's that book? Um, oh my god, what is that? Is it The Jungle by Upton Sinclair? I read it in maybe eighth grade. I'm pretty sure okay. because I can remember my teacher, Mr. Biddles. Okay, and Mr. Biddles. Do- oh, excuse me, Doctor Biddles. I remember we read it, and I didn't. Well, I didn't finish it because I started getting so physically ill over reading this part about. The conditions under which hot dogs were made and what went into hot dogs. Now, granted, this was from like the early 1900s, I think. Yeah. I would certainly hope that things have changed, but I guess maybe not. Or I guess maybe it's debatable. Anyway, that was a, I remember that was a really gross book because that like threw me off of hot dogs for a long time. I was like, but I can't eat burgers. It was weird. It's a dilemma. It is, a, it is quite the dilemma. I've obviously overcome it. Thank God. <laughs> The Eiffel Tower actually grows in the summer. Did you know that? How can a static structure grow? Because it's made out of iron and metal expands with heat. So it grows actually six inches in the summer. I bet you most men wish they could say that. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Have you been stirring that up this whole time? (laughs) Sarah's like so proud of herself. That was a really good one though. 
I enjoyed that. Mm. <laughs> I very much enjoyed that. Uh, you're welcome. Um, I know. It's lame, but I, I couldn't help myself. No, it was good. It was super okay. appropriate. All right. I didn't even see that coming from a million miles away. Um, or from a mile away. What the fuck is wrong with me? I can't speak today. Okay. <laughs> All right. Another invention. Okay. Frisbee. I love frisbees. Have you ever played wine frisbee? <laughs> okay. Adam and I made up this game. Then no, I have not. Okay. If you made it up. Then we need to play this game because it's so much fun. How do you, you play? You hold a wine glass with one hand and you throw a frisbee with the other. So literally, like, you're throwing a Frisbee, sipping, throwing a Frisbee, sipping. It makes Frisbee playing much more difficult and challenging, yet you are enjoying I'm pretty sure, wait, this is a serious question. I am not a good Frisbee player to begin with. I'm not either, but you get into it, and it gets fun. How do you catch it? One hand. I can't do that. I have to do the pancake class on Frisbees. So this is the way that you can, like... Really also... I thought you were going to say you catch it with your wine glass. No. And I was like, I think that's too dangerous. You might break it or spill your wine, which no, is and worse. That, that's very dangerous. Yeah. So, but this fine tunes your frisbee skills because then you go one-handed. And then you also are able to sip and enjoy at the same time. So we've been playing this game. Did you just yeah. play in your backyard? Yeah. Okay. But it was actually invented at my mom's house on the lake. Oh. when we invented... Wine frisbee. Did you have teams? Because that actually no. that would be really fun. I think Adam and I had just decided to drink our own bottle. That sounds good. And that was I think. Of it. I think it would be fun with a, with like a team. It's like frolic thing, right? Yeah. Frisbee yeah. golf. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My dad used to like really, you know, throw it hard, and I'm like, oh god, I would be so terrified. I would just run away. But this makes you learn because you don't want to drop your wine glass. I can appreciate that. Yeah. That might be a good tactic for me to be a part of Frisbee. Okay. We have something else on our list before summer ends. Then. Oh, my God. Yes. S'mores with Reese's and Frisbee. Wine Frisbee. Okay. All right. Um, so Frisbees were invented in the 1870s as a pie plate. What? But then fucking leave it up to college kids. In the 1940s, they decided to just start throwing them around and having fun with them. I hope that they were clean of pies before they started doing that. <laughs> so they've since been stopped being used as pie plates and are now a summertime staple. Fun. Hmm. Okay, also, this one's also crazy. Okay. If you're ever wondering what the temperature is outside in the summer, you can actually tell temperature by crickets. What? That's not possible. It is. What? How do you do that? So, the frequency of how a cricket, how, how many times a cricket chirps is consistent with air temperature. Okay. So, I guess they chirp more when it's warmer. How often do you hear a single cricket? I don't, I don't know. So, you, you have to count how many chirps there are over 25 seconds. Okay. And then divide by three and add four. And that gives you the temperature in Celsius. So this basically sounds like convert. Yeah. I was like, I don't even remember how to convert Fahrenheit to Celsius or vice versa. Who the hell knows? It's science. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I guess if you're stuck at somewhere and you don't really know and you need to know. And you need to know. That you're fine. And you don't have hot. a phone nearby that can tell you the temperature. Or besides just being like it's hot. <laughs> fair. Fair, fair. Do you know what the perfect temperature for pools is? No. 
75 degrees. Now, I feel like that is not the perfect temperature. What do you think the perfect temperature is? 83. Is that because that's what you grew up with? It just it just seems like warmer would be better. I agree. I think a little bit warmer would be better. Not like yeah. a hot tub. It's not what I'm not asking for a hot tub at all the time, but yeah, I think a little bit warmer. Okay. So, in summer, we typically tend to find ourselves leaning more towards certain types of wines. Yeah. So, like, what are some good wines that we would want to look at in the summer? Well, I mean, obviously we're drinking rosé because that is a popular summertime wine. I mean, that's a given. Rosé has taken over the whole fucking world, basically. It has, especially in summertime. Like, rosé, rosé, all of it, you know. Rosé all day. Something to keep in mind about rosé, though, is you really should only drink it one to two years after it's been released. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's not something you want to age. Um... Because otherwise, you're going to have, like, the deterioration of the qualities of the wine, like the acidity, the crispness, the fresh the fresh flavor. There's probably um, only, like, a handful of rosés that you could consider age. Yeah. I mean, your wine has to have, like, some tannin, some depth, or some acidity. Yeah. Rosés are not meant, meant to age. They are made to drink right away. That's a good tip, Within Sarah. a year to two years. Yeah. So... Thinking about rosé, what are some good rosés? I mean, obviously all rosés, I think, for the summer, but let's, let's also Let's also jump in, too, really quick. Sorry. And say rosé is not like a varietal. I think no. a lot of people, the way that it's portrayed, it just seems like rosé is just like rosé. But there are so many different types of rosé, like exactly. you said. You can pretty much make rosé almost out of every grape. I've had a Sangiovese rosé. I've had... It's on the list here. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, all right. I didn't yeah. read. No. So Sangiovese Rosé is actually supposed to be like perfect if you have a Mediterranean meal like on the summer deck. Mm. You know, that that would be really nice. Um, So sparkling rosé, like we said. Provence Rosé. Now those are usually lighter, crisp, and refreshing. So they're really good for summer. I actually had a Provence Mm Rosé on the lake a month ago and it was delightful. Yes, I'm using the word again. Delightful again. Mm -hmm. But I would also argue that sometimes, like, it's not great. Like, you know, the um, Jolie Pitt Mm -hmm. Miraval? That rosé, that's a Provence rosé. I think that is a little too tart. I don't think that there's as much body and depth to it. Well, So, to me, and because it's... It doesn't really specify the the varietals that are in it or the varietal that it's primarily based on. I think I would lean more towards things that are listed like the summer summer water wine that is Grenache based. So Grenache is a, is a great one for very popular. Yeah, Grenache rosé is great for summer. It is a good blend of tannins and acidity. So it's perfect when it's cold on a hot day because mm-hmm. it's refreshing as well. Um, and something to keep in mind too about rosé that they're fruity, but that doesn't mean they're sweet. Correct. So not all rosés are sweet, and I would actually avoid sweet wines during summer because it'll maybe be too heavy i think it's too overwhelming yeah yeah yeah. you want like a crisp refreshing drink and it's not sweet well i think of like if you could put the experience of in your mouth of like cracking open like a pop can to me that is a crisp High acidity rose. Well, it's like lemonade, right? Lemonade in summer. Yeah. A good lemonade is not a sweet lemonade. It's tart. It has a little bit of touch of sweet. Yeah. But it's like tart, refreshing, cold. Like, but there's also like acidity. that Pinot Noir rose, that Utopia shit. 
That was probably the best rosé I've ever had in my whole life. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that was really a mo- good. A moment, a moment, a moment, a moment of silence, of, of reflection. Yeah. Um. So speaking of Pinot Noir rosé, that's also a good one because it's a little bit on the drier side. Mm-hmm. Goes really well with barbecue. And going into so speaking of Pinot Noir. I think I think is the misconception that you should only drink whites and rosés during summer. Now, Again, you could drink whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Now, whites are great during summer. Um, like Riesling, Sauvignon Blanc, Pinot Grigio, um, Albarino. Those are all oh, really good varieties that are chill well and have, they're refreshing. They have a good acidity that are great during summer. Okay. Great. You don't so want to have like a heavy cab. I mean, those things are no. so like. Trust so, me, I have. But you. So what do you? Okay. So if you're trying to go for red, what do you think then you would want to do? Well, I I was gonna say you're gonna want to go with one of those lighter bodied reds because the too much having too much tannin I think is gonna really rip away from everything else that you're possibly going to be eating yeah it's also red wine makes me hotter i mean i you know i love red wine it's like my favorite but it also it's it can be very warming which is lovely in the fall winter spring when it tends to be a little bit chillier so over the summer especially if you're sitting out in the beating sun it just weighs you down a little bit more yeah so not to say that i've never drank them on a hot summer day because i certainly have in fact i did this past weekend um, but I do think that when you get more towards those lighter bodied reds, we're talking more of like the Grenache. You said Pinot, certainly. Since so is a good one too. Um, since so you might find is more of a blend. Um, but I know we've also had some since so like single varietal, yeah. um, rosés and that has really good acidity. It's really good. Um, it has berries and floral notes. Um, you know, you have your Beaujolais um, or Gamay. Um, I just had this grape c- called Valdiguier. Mm-hmm. I hope that's how you pronounce it. It's a French varietal that is actually only grown now in the U.S. or primarily in the U.S. Okay. And so they actually called it, they used to call it uh, Gamay 15. It is not actually a clone of Gamay at all. It's something by itself. And it's really quite good. I actually prefer the Valdiguier more so than Gamay. Really? Like more so than the Beaujolais stuff. Beaujolais, I think, can tend to be like really, really, tends to be a little tart, a little acidic, and there's just not enough extra depth or um, complexity there. Valdiguier, I thought, was really solid all around. It had more character to it and felt a little bit more, I'm going to say it feels a little bit more grounded. Like it's not like this like very tart, like pink lemonade or something like that. It's, it just is really delicious. So I would actually recommend that. Okay. Um, but Gamay is another one of those lighter, fruitier um, wines for summer. Yeah, right. I, I'm a huge fan of Pinot Noir for summer. It's fruit-driven. Like, you get... It tastes good when it has a, t- a bit of a chill to it. Um, it's light-bodied. I mean, it goes well with most summer foods. Like, I... That would be my go-to in the summer. You'd probably want more of, like, the fruit-forward one versus, like, an earthier Pinot. So... yeah. I mean, I still would go for the Oregon. It's light, it's well, fruity, sure. it's cherry. Yeah. Some of them have some earth, but yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Blaufrankish. Blaufrankish. 
was one that was recommended because it's it's a dark fruit, but it has some cool peppery notes. So it'd be really good with barbecue. I think it'd be good for barbecue, yeah. I've had it once. And Zweigelt is another one of those crazy ones. It's another Austrian one, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a derivative. It's a cross between Blaufrankisch and Saint Laurent. And it's similar to Pinot Noir, but again, has more of those spicy notes. Yeah. I've also had only one Zweigelt. Um, but that I don't is, think I've ever tried that. I feel like it's becoming more it's of a, a thing. thing. Yeah, a thing. yeah. I actually, I have another bottle of oh. Zweigelt at home. I'll share with you. Okay. Time well, time. drink Zweigelt, have Reese's s'mores, and play wine frisbee. Oh my God, this is perfect. Okay. It's All the right. perfect day. This is happening. Uh, okay, the other one that I'm not a huge fan of, but is if you're looking for something sweet and bubbly and cool, is Lambrusco. Mm, mm-hmm. So Italian, Italian red bubbly. So it's sweet. Um, you know, it's it's supposed to be served chilled, and you kind of get that fruity, bubbly, sweet red wine. So if you're looking for something like that, that is um, another option. That's, it's a hard one. I mean, I had it once. It's it's too sweet for me. It's but fine in small doses, I think. Yeah. But, you know, if people are into that, that's no, a they, good red option. They also... And this is this is the challenging part. I'd probably go for a Lambrusco over, say, a sparkling Shiraz. Because they make those. But let me tell you, you see the sparkling and you see the red. And I think your brain all almost instantaneously says, this is like sparkling grape juice. Like sparkling Welch's. Like... This is what it's going to taste like. And yeah. if you drink it, it is the driest stuff you've ever had. And it, to me, that mental, like that visual. Are you talking about the Shiraz? Shiraz. Yeah. Visual mental expectation. Yeah. So drastically different. I actually think I would prefer the Lambrusco just in in light of that epiphany right. that I had. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, Lambrusco's, it's, again, it's fine for what it is, I think. So, do you have any favorite wines yourself of summer again i did that valdiguier would like kind of was i was so surprised and i was like shit why don't i have more of this yeah um i maybe perhaps not surprising over the last year but i honestly would say like a dry riesling would be perfect um because again it's sort of you have that high acidity it's more it's more like a lemonade yep um to some extent that verdello Oh, Verdello is also so really good. good. Yeah, yeah. It's also an under, I think an underrated, not very widespread grape. Yeah. Um, but Verdello and, and Vino Verde is also very good and can sometimes offer a little bit of um, effervescence there. So it's not okay. quite a sparkling, but it just has this like extra little fizz that um, is really, really nice accompaniment to so it. So if you're going to do a red... What's your go-to summer? I think I'd have to go the Valdiguier. Okay. Or if that's, and because that's not like widely available, I'd probably go Grenache. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I definitely agree with the dry Riesling. 100%. I love it. I think it's like lemonade. I agree with the Verdalo as well. I would add in for whites, Gewürztraminer, I think is, mm-hmm. is kind of got that like melony yeah like nice flavor that you know in the summer seems really good i don't think it's something i want to drink in the winter to be honest it seems like too fruity for yeah. winter um but yeah a good gervish demeanor uh red wise i mean i love my pinot i'm totally about that do you i know it's shocking <laughs> shock and awe shock and awe 
Um, but yeah, I also would agree with the Grenache. I think that that's, that's a great one. And I think an unoaked chard might be good too, just because unoaked chardonnay is good. It's not yeah. gonna be as heavy, right? It's not gonna be as heavy. That's a good one, especially from a cooler climate. Like you look for those that are along the coast mm-hmm. or something like that. You're gonna tend to get some of those lighter flavors, yep. more stony fruit stuff. Also, I think a Barbera. Yes, mm-hmm. actually, that's a really good one too. Yeah, right. Because you, get, it's good with a chill. Yeah. And it's like not too heavy, but it's right. it's got that body that you're looking for, mm-hmm. and a lot of times, sometimes that hint of spice, but not overwhelming. And so I feel like, and like it has the tannins. Yeah. So I feel like if you're looking for a good red, and you don't want to go as deep as like Cab or Zen, like Barbera is kind of on point. It's like your middle of the road yeah. type of deal. It starts to, it gives you that little extra bit of depth, but, but it's not want. quite as like. We're pulling you all the way to the dark side. And I think it's good with, like... On know, its own. Well, or on its own it. and with, a, like, a little bit of a chill if you want it. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I simply cannot believe that summer is almost over. We do so, have a few more weeks, so we shouldn't be, like, crying about what it What that yet. means is everybody has to go out, and if you haven't had these wines in the summer, you need to go get them now and try them. Or write your own goals for next summer, okay? Yeah. Or go somewhere yeah. hot in the winter and trick yourself. <laughs> or stay in your house in the winter put the heat up create your own sweat lodge exactly but yeah we oh thought this would God. be fun to celebrate summer and how much we love it so. oh we do we do and actually this summer water it's drinking pretty quickly like yeah. water i feel like we've it done this drinking with all like of water. our rosés sarah like What's that i feel like we've done this with all of our rosés like they go down real easy I still think Utopia is my favorite rosé. Oh, absolutely. No comparison. And Secret Identity, damn, that shit was pretty good too. That was good, but Utopia is 100% the best. What um, are you picking up on this Strawberry, now? I get a little bit of strawberry. I do too, actually. In like a very like, I wouldn't say, it's not super ripe, it's not underripe. It's just like the perfect ripeness. I do get a, a little bit of the grapefruit. I don't get any watermelon. I don't get the peach. I actually get peach on the nose oh, a little do you? bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get more of the orange. On I the feel nose. like I get a little nectarine on the palate. Okay. Yeah. I get more orange on the nose. Okay. You know, it's it's a it's a easy drinking rose. Yeah. It is truly like summer water. We've almost gone through the bottle. That's this is that not, means it's a good one. Yeah. It means it's true. a good one. I, no, I dig this shit. Uh, I'm sorry uh, that the big bottles are not available on Wink Wine, but that doesn't mean... I, it seems that they make this every year, so I would yeah. suggest checking it out and putting a, you can get a on hold that, on or something or an alert. And specialty club, too. Yes, that society. Special society. Well, until next time, DB peeps, thanks for joining us. We're obviously not saying total farewell to summer, but no. farewell to the longest day of the year. How about that? Because we've, that's past. Yeah. It's coming on. No, we're celebrating summer and enjoying the last bit of it with some rosé and potentially some other wines as well as we get through the next few weeks. So, so until next time, cheers. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DBP Cheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. So send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to DBP Cheers at gmail.com. 
Until next time. Cheers from the girls of DBP. DBP.